hey dudes so i mean heather you know this this is this has been your whole world it's my my world too there's a there's a writer's strike right now the wga is on yeah, strike solidarity man union strong solidarity uh, the thing is like we normally open the show with like a tightly scripted intro sketch yeah. You know that we write out ahead oh of time. Oh my god, you're right. I, we can't. We can't do that. This we're not week. fucking scabs. I'm not a scab. No, we're not going to scab. Yeah. We're not going to scab. I'm not going to scab on my own pod. Those no way. flawlessly executed scripts. Those the we the 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 hours that we spend writing and rewriting and rewriting until it's word perfect. Every um uh and yeah. awkward silence. It's all written. And you know, I have a script. From last week's episode, and uh, it's a uh, version eleven B. Yeah, well, because you know, writing is rewriting. Writing is rewriting. Yeah. So yeah, unfortunately, we can't. We just can't do it this week. I think. I think we went to three hundred drafts on Crazy Bus. Like, I think that was the three yeah. hundredth draft. I was that. actually thinking about this recently because I remembered draft one and just like how different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it Crazy Bus wasn't even in it. Yeah. Just something that you think about as the, you know, when right, listeners yes. hear this, it's going to be like, wow, Crazy Bus didn't happen until probably somewhere in like the 250s, honestly, we got to Crazy Bus. That's when I remember it was 253 when Crazy Bus, those two words got put together. Uh, and then like the next 40 drafts were like just heavily revising that. And then the, the draft after that, we went back to, to number 253 and started again. Yeah. Um, and then we went back to the first draft and just kind of inserted crazy bus into our original concept so it's an iterative process and you know we're still trying to like you know we and we go back the way you don't know is that like there's a lot of dynamic insertion in um podcasting like we're able to go back right and like we're revising intros constantly so like if you go back to any of the episodes we've done and you listen to an intro it might be a little different than the last time you heard it because we're like just always punching up because as i said writing is rewriting um like I, it's like George Lucas with a special editions. Like the every every Blu-ray release, there's like a new a, a little new scene lit. Yeah, there's CGI. like a, a an unintelligible musical number added um, to some of them as well uh, with no subtitles. Yeah. Um, and it's it, but people like it. People yeah. people are really into it. But we can't do that this week. No, so the only think- the only thing we could discuss before this is the concept for the intro, which is the three of us just being full of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like that's even getting a little, you know, that's that's getting pretty close to talking about writing, right? Like, to, you know, not talking about writing. We're talking about writing right now. But that sounds close to talking about doing the act of writing, right? Because yeah. we're talking about the concept. Sure. And I, you know, as somebody who's not in the WGA, I know that if I scab, I'll never get in. So yep. if you guys are yeah. trying to trap me somehow, I can't, I will not, I can't scab and you won't trick me. Nice try. Okay. Well, uh, Heather, the honey trap failed. <laughs> Forget a report back to union leadership. <laughs> He's still trying. We didn't get him. We. Da-na-na. And. Da-na-na-na. As we continue a pod to the cast with the music theory of Zelda this week on Get Played.
Welcome to Get Played, your one-stop show for good games, bad games, and every game in between. It's time to get played. I'm your host, Heather Ann Campbell, along with my fellow host, Nick Weiger. That's me, Nick Weiger, and I'm here with our third host, Matt Apodaca. Hey, listen, everyone. Hey, listen. Wow, that's really good. It's good. See, that's the sort of, that's the, that's that fucking, uh, that's that spice we were missing from the recipe, baby. Listen. Hey, hey, listen. <laughs> Look, we had some passable meals. We had some great apps in the last two weeks. Fantastic listen. guests fantastic, were here. Fantastic guests that gave us their time uh, and had a lot of fun with us. But nothing beats the original recipe, baby. Um, I will never listen to those episodes because <laughs> Got it. I hate that you guys released episodes without me. Okay. <laughs> Feel it breaks it. No, I'm kidding. I I, I hear that they went really well, but I also won't listen to them. <laughs> hey, that's you got a lot. There's a lot going on. You don't got time to. Be yeah, yeah. To there's a lot going on in our our industry, our personal lives. Exactly. I'm, I'm married. I'm officially Congratulations. married. Let's go. Ah, I just got back from Japan. Ah, ah. ah. It was it was great. It's like uh, uh, you know you you wait your whole life for this. For for get, having a wedding, going on a honeymoon, and getting right back behind the desk in your windowless garage. Yeah, that is you were probably like, I can't wait to get back to doing this. Uh, this is great. I'm really having the time of my life on this honeymoon. I can't wait to yeah, get back yeah. with my boys. That's right. Yeah. Well, I did miss my boys. Oh, we missed we you too, you. Heather. We missed you too. We and then our listeners week. missed you too, and everyone's happy that you're back. Uh, it yeah. is. They missed you a little too much, I think, but it, uh, they, they missed you. Yeah, calm down a little bit. <laughs> uh, I'm crying. The- She's not here. I'm crying. <laughs> what, what, wait, the Legend this? of Zelda pod to the cast is continuing all month long. And this month's We Play, You Play will be The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, which is coming out next week. And we're going to be talking about it in la- uh, in depth on Monday, coming out Friday, as May of 29th. this episode's release. Friday of this week. I apologize. Yeah. Yes, next week as of this record. Uh, and we should mention, we should touch on real quick, Heather, that there is a WGA strike that commenced yes. this week. Yeah. Uh, that is, uh, we don't need to go into the details here. It's, uh, But, you know, you can find out more at WGA Contract 2023 dot org heather and i are both wga members we are both walking the picket lines uh getting sunburned and dehydrated uh because the fucking studios won't pay the writers what they deserve and uh so you know it, it, it hope we, we appreciate everyone's support and solidarity and solidarity with all the working people out there hell yeah um there was a there was a quote at this uh big meeting we had uh about how the goal of the studios was you know, they, they foresee a future where it's just going to be a showrunner, a writer and a machine. Yeah. And in my head, I was like, OK, but that you don't have to make it sound awesome and kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of the that's kind of the get played host dynamic, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're we're on strike uh, and uh for those of you who uh, play Fortnite, that means I will be appearing more frequently during the day. <laughs> I was I was thinking Rocks. about this because last week we joked, you won't listen to this, Heather, so you won't know that we said this, um, that I committed us to having completed Tears of the Kingdom for the We Play You Play uh, just as a joke. But now that the strike's happening, it's more possible. It's in play. <laughs> it like, could happen. <laughs> well, I, I, I think, you know, 
the truth is that we are we are actively picketing. Yes, yes. we're still picketing I, every day, I, five days a week. I had like positioned this in my head as like, you know, uh, a time of like some real fastidiousness, like cut down on expenses and maybe get like a little private writing done or like maybe a little painting or something. And yeah. the, no, I'm I put in. I was walking from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to sleep in Japan and I got exactly the same mileage for the last two days on the picket line. Wow. And I was like, well, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's some that's a eight to eight to 12 mile walk every day. Uh, the yeah, I wow. was talking to because because part of what's great about being the picket line is that so many people come out and support you from other industries and from elsewhere within the entertainment industry. So, you know, we're having SAG after actors are out there in force. Uh, IATSE crew members are out there in force. Uh, you know, I had a prop master who is out there, a, a, a lighting tech who is out there. Uh, and then today I was talking with a costumer who is who was supporting us. And was like, like, man, yeah, it's crazy. Like 20,000 steps uh, yesterday. She was like, yeah, that's like my job. Like, I'm just like on my feet all day. Like fucking walking around. I was like, oh, yeah. I guess our profession is a little bit more sedentary. But it is like this is I I, I said we were we didn't get we didn't need to get into it. Now I'm rambling about it. So I apologize. Uh, WGA contract 2023.org. Find all the details. I just brought brought that up to say that this is affecting you know, DGA has a contract that's up in a matter of days. SAG-AFTRA has a contract that's the Actors Union that's up at the end of June. Um, IATSE re- renegotiated a contract recently. You know, the Teamsters have their own contract. All these different unions that make the uh, TV shows and and films that people enjoy and those that people don't enjoy, but sometimes those can still be profitable. Uh, they, like... they are all being squeezed just as fucking tightly as they possibly can, just being squeezed for each drop of labor and being barely compensated, uh, unfairly compensated for that. So that's why this has all come to a head. And and, I mean, you said we're not getting into it and we'll, you know, probably move on after this. The writers aren't asking for a lot. It's like Mm -hmm. a, it's... Like what? Are they, it's like three percent or something. No, it's like not it's even two percent. It's two percent. It's two percent of all of all. Like which also is funny because like if you if you see a movie, your thought isn't. I don't think only two percent of this was the story. <laughs> no, but we're just it's all we're, love, that two percent fucking worked for me. But yeah. also, but also like that i think without without um pontificating to uh psycho- psychologically here i do think it is representative of how writers view themselves maybe mm-hmm. that it's like yeah, yeah we demand more 2% <laughs> i'm low fat milk <laughs> hey i think of the milks of the regular milks it's goaded it's pretty good milk regular milks speaking of goaded one of our favorite guests is returning to the show very very excited to have him here a musician artist and streamer from twitch.tv slash zane carney zane carney is back hi zane hey everyone how you doing oh hell yeah am i really a favorite guest we we love having you on the show one of the best ones we got dude oh right no way that's true. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, Zane, we're going to be talking about Zelda this episode and all month long. And I just wanted to open things generally. Like, are you a Zelda fan? Do you have a history with a franchise? Oh, man. Yeah. I was writing this down before the uh, episode. Yeah, this is, like most people, my favorite video game series of all time. Wow. Um, wow. So, yeah, I've I've 100%ed six or seven of the games. Um, so, yeah, Zelda Incredible. 1, Link to the Past. Uh, Link's Awakening DX. I still have my cartridge. Was playing it in my analog pocket recently. Wow. Uh, 
uh, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, Twilight Princess, and then I'm really close to finishing Breath of the Wild. I'm like five years late, but I'm going to get it done before <laughs> this Friday. Hell yes. Do, yeah. do, do you have a favorite in the series? I do. Yeah, I think it would be Link to the Past. Yeah, I think that... that I'm sorry, please go. Go on. Well, no, just because I, I played that when I was like seven with my brother, and I, I beat it in the Sportsman's Lodge, which I don't know if that's still a hotel anymore, but I was like staying there uh, as a kid. Uh, I'm not going to explain any detail on that. Just... <laughs> So yeah, you're you're on a yeah, business just, trip or something. Yeah, I was on a business trip. I wore a really large, oversized trench coat. Just like had watches and selling watches. Um, no, I uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I beat with my brother, and I couldn't believe it when the dark world started. It's like, oh what my is, god, what? It's the coolest. So, but Ocarina of Time is, I mean, it's like one A and one B for me because that was just insanely magical when I put in that game. So one of those two. Uh, we did our tier list last week, and I, I like you know for me it was if I'm talking about my personal favorite, it probably is Link to the Past. It could be Majora's Mask. I think it's it's probably one of those. Uh, but I think we kind of our consensus kind of came that I I think Breath of the Wild has now supplanted them as like the definitive Zelda game. I mean, just I think just maybe that's just recency bias, but that's interesting. I, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like. Not to be too contrarian, but F that. No. Oh, shit. No. <laughs> oh, man. I'm crazy like that. No, I think for some reason, Ocarina of Time feels for me like the the main one, only because Breath of the Wild introduced that open world thing that maybe had been right. brought from GTA and all that. But then again, Zelda 1 was very open world. So That's I can see thing, why yeah. you'd say that. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Ocarina of Time, I've been waiting my whole childhood for like an, a mature Link who has like a long sword and is like a real adult. And so when Ocarina of Time came out, I was like, oh my gosh, we finally have 3D graphic yes. proper uh, Link. And I don't know that, something about that made it feel definitive. So I don't know, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, Breath of the Wild truly is going to go down, I think in five or 10 years is like the main one. I was going to say the, the Ocarina of Time, I have uh, a memory attached to because... My friend had pre-ordered it at a GameStop that was, or maybe it was an EB Games that was like weirdly far away. I don't know for some reason he like did it from a different mall, so he like had a two-hour bus ride just to like pick up his pre-order and then got it back. And we're like, holy shit, this is transcendent. Uh, but Link to the Past, I similarly have a measure, uh, a memory, like strong memories of not playing it at my my house. I took my Super Nintendo with Link to the Past to my grandma's uh, and grandpa's place, and a lot of my hours spent with that game were 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 there. There. Um, and yeah, that one I just have I have such fondness for, uh, you know, aesthetically including the music. Heather, I, I you you were out the past couple of weeks, and I want to get your thoughts on the Zelda franchise as well. Like, where do you stand, and do you have any favorites? Uh, so um, I got two favorites. Uh, but they're it's pr primarily because of having played them, mm. and those two favorites are Breath of the Wild and Wind Waker. Uh. The wow. rest of the Zelda franchise, I've kind of always been on the outside of. Uh, like, I didn't play Link to the Past when uh, when it came out, though. Um, I do. I mean, like, uh, here, hold on one sec. Heather is standing up. She just got back, and she's already gone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do have mark, this like, uh, this pristine fucking, oh, uh, box copy that. of A Link to the Past right here in my hands. Uh, so, you know, I have, I have played it since, but like, mm -hmm. did I, was I a kid who was playing Zelda? No, I was fucking playing Sonic. Right. Um, so 
it wasn't until GameCube that I really put time into a Zelda game. And I was like, ooh, ooh, this is good. And then I played Twilight Princess for um, for coverage for video game reviews. And I fucking hated it. Ooh. Uh, I, I was like, ugh, this game, this is not for me. Like, why is it so different from that really, re- like I was in a Saturday morning adventure cartoon. Yes. And now I'm like in between Batman and uh and like Dungeons and Dragons like some like threading the needle uh, like tonally in between those two things and it kind of was like yuck uh I also didn't really like the art style in Twilight Princess I really hated all the fetch quests yes uh I played Phantom Hourglass and I played Minish Cap oh yeah I'm so you know I dabbled but the only ones that really sunk their hook into me is Breath of the Wild, which, you know, I fucking completed that game. Yes. And then Wind Waker, which is just a work of art. It is so gorgeous. We, we've said this on the podcast before. We maybe even said it last week, but it's like there was a backlash to uh, that game, to the art style, and it has aged so well. And Twilight Princess, a lot of the fandom was like, it's back on track. It's like, you know, it, it, it's it's got this more... Uh, realistic is the wrong term to use, but it's this more conventional art style uh, like the other 3D games of the era. But the formula had gotten kind of, the Zelda formula had gotten kind of tired at by that point. And then also that art style has aged so much worse uh, you know, because it, it's just it's 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 not as uh it's not as distinct. Um, yeah, Wind Waker, Wind Waker, fucking rocks. That was one that we ranked really highly. Uh, I I think I believe our engineer uh, Alex Gonzalez mentioned after we recorded that uh, his wife's favorite game is is Wind Waker. She like can't get enough of that. Mm. Yeah, I, mean, I still it's... haven't played that game or beaten it. Oh man, like one hour of it. I need to play that. They got to release that. They got to re-release that on Switch because the Wii uh, it was a fucking Wii U where they did the yeah, HD Wii remaster. U, yeah. HD, yeah, and that was that was great. But I'm just like, I'm not gonna bring out my Wii U again. That yeah, thing's, I know. The thing's never coming out of storage. Yeah, yeah. I have my I have yeah, my Wii U hooked up uh, because it you can play Wii games in HDMI. So mm. if I'm gonna occupy a retro slot, it counts as two count uh, consoles. That's smart. Um, there might also be a jailbreak to play GameCube on it. I know, I know on the Wii you can play GameCube, but yeah, I've been looking into maybe modding that so I can get the whole gamut as well. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a rad game. I I have to ask you for a Mario tennis update, Zane. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that's, (laughs) yeah, I popped it on like a month ago because I'm a glutton for punishment and Mm -hmm. wanted to hurt my index finger again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I haven't been playing it. When you don't play it for a few months, you go back down to D tier. Right. So I think I might have gotten a little drunk and just demolished like 18 people in the world. I never drink, so I combined some odd things together. Uh, and then Raj came in. Anyone who listens to this podcast who plays Mario Tennis Aces, they know that Raj is like the overpowered number one North American player now since mm. Angie's off. And uh, they, uh, they're into booping which is this technique where you charge up your slice so much that when you hit it to someone like me, who's not as good as you, uh, it spins me out so much and I'm out of all my charge that you, wow. instead of hitting it back to me, you just hit me in the head because I can't <laughs> slow down time enough <laughs> to get out of the way. <laughs> wow. And it used to infuriate me on stream. I would, oh, 
I had, I, I come off as calm usually and I, I got pretty, pretty feisty when he'd do that. But uh, yeah, I, don't, I haven't played it much. I've been playing, playing other stuff recently. Wow. That yeah. leads me to my next question, which is, what are you playing? Hey. <laughs> wow. Wait, wait, is that, is that Link? <laughs> uh, Link, it's, it's nice to see you. It seems like you're, you're, uh, you're still nonverbal, famously. Well. <laughs> Uh, Not well, but you like under you you get what you get what yeah you saying. understand what we're saying yeah, you, I, yeah. You, it, <laughs> just kind of communicating in a series of um I have noises for lack of a better term yeah just <laughs> mouth sounds <laughs> or what are you doing are you are are you trying to catch something with a net <laughs> <laughs> what are you playing <laughs> wow. I speak Link. That's pretty neat. That I I like that little Link. Link's yeah, good. He was cute. He's, he's he was really cutie. trying. I mean, like he's. <laughs> and he looks of the people that introduced the segment, economical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he looked kind of stressed out, but you you got what he was trying to do. Yeah, you can't come in and do that job and not be stressed. You know what I mean? Like it's a hard part of the show. It is. It yeah. is. So I guess Link is it is it okay if 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 I if I toss to Nick? Nick, what are you playing? Here's the thing. This writer strike started. I have not played shit because I've been out on the picket lines. I've actually been busier than I expected. Uh, I will touch on a couple of things. One is that the Golden Idol uh DLC release, that's uh, one of my favorite games of last year. Um the uh the uh the case of the Golden Idol, uh which is a super duper fun uh, and, uh, you know, a, a detecting game. Um, there's some DLC out called The Golden Idol Mysteries, The Spider of Lanka, uh, that I'm very excited to crack into, but I haven't started playing it yet. But yeah, if you did like that game, uh, or if you missed out on its original run, check it out. It is really cool. Uh, it is... Um, uh, it, it's basically like, you know, I think I, I talked about it at the show at length, but I'll, I'll, I'll recap. It's just, you're looking at a tableau, uh, a moment frozen in time, and you are going through and making a bunch of inferences, uh, to determine, uh, what crime took place, uh, who the culprit was, and to basically fill out a workbook that, uh, explains all the information. It ends up being like a really awesome, uh, uh trick for narrative storytelling. Uh, like it, it just, you know, you're, you're, you're learning so many things in pieces and then it, it it puts together this uh this larger arc which is super duper satisfying so uh highly recommend it uh if you like that sort of uh uh you know kind of uh leisurely sort of puzzle game the kind of game that heather hates um and uh <laughs> and it also has a great uh, an art style that's like really aggressive like it's 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 extremely kind of off-putting, but I I find it really, really engaging. The other thing I want to mention is that, and this perhaps ties in with Heather's recent experience visiting Japan, I've been trying to learn a little bit of the Japanese language, and I learned that there is a uh, kind of a, a newer philosophy and um, 
language acquisition that is uh, called comprehensible input, uh, where basically the idea is you're just listening a lot to language, mm. kind of like just like here, like uh, brain soaking is another term I've heard, which I really like. Uh, so like just soaking your brain by listening to stuff that you can understand. And if you can even partially understand it over time, your brain will start to is what your brain, which is a pattern recognition machine, will start to piece together more and more of it until eventually your comprehension level improves and your speaking level improves. So I've been listening to the IGN Japan podcast. This is IGN's podcast in Japanese, and it is honestly a fascinating listen. Uh, I can comprehend about 10% of it, uh, but it does have, you know, it will be things like, uh, you know, uh, you, you know, you're like, uh, ano, uh, boku wa, uh, Star Wars Fallen Order, uh, Suki Desu, you know, like, yeah. like, it'll be like, like, it'll be something that is like just a Western title that will be, that will sneak in there. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just, just engaged with that process. Uh, and, uh, so I guess that's what I'm playing. That's what I'm playing on my podcast app. I can't, I can't, my brain is fucking fried. I was, I was, I was fucking Nick, in the sun okay. all day. It's okay. It's okay. I'm not making any sense here. No, you are. Okay. You said, uh, um, uh, Jedi Duh. Fallen Order. Uh. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I heard all of it. In, in Japanese. <laughs> so you did it. Uh, Heather, how about you? What are you playing? Well, I went to Japan and I didn't set foot in a single arcade. Wow. Wow. Which um, I think it it certainly is not because of being there on a honeymoon. It was because of lack of interest. Mm. I found myself on this trip really avoiding tourist heavy areas. And my first trip to Japan, you know, 15 years ago, uh, my first stop was Akihabara and like my, my second stop in Akihabara was an arcade. Like I was like, mm -hmm. fuck, I cannot wow. fucking wait. But walking through Akihabara now is just, I might as well not be in Japan almost. Like it's so many uh, tourists. So, um, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't go to an arcade. Uh, I did go to um, a little store in Kyoto called uh, Edit Mode. Uh, which is a video game collaboration space. They have like really cool t-shirts, but unfortunately they're only open like two weeks out of the month. And I was not there during one of those weeks. So I took a photo in front of the store with a thumbs up and, and that was as far as I got. But when I arrived home, uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor or whatever the fuck it's called, Survivor. Yeah, I think that is the title, yeah. yeah. Uh, had, uh, had arrived. And so I dropped that into my PS5. And I played the first 30 minutes and I was like, yep, this is great. Good job, guys. You really you fu <laughs> fucking made a Star Wars game again. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, and then I dropped back into Fortnite to see to see what had changed. And um, Fortnite is also having a Star Wars event uh, here at the beginning of May for, you know, May the 4th be with you. And um, Anakin... 
Padme and the clone troopers and Darth Maul have all been added to the game. And everyone new- is here. Everyone's here. <laughs> um, and there's Hello uh, there. <laughs> new powers. So you can think about, I, I know when we talk about Fortnite, we talk about the mashup of IP, but when you think about the mechanics of the mashup, it's kind of a fascinating. So I can talk to Darth Maul, learn how to use the force, because now you can force blast people, mm. as well as wielding a lightsaber. And you can also equip ODM gear from Attack on Titan. So you can fly in as LeBron James on ODM gear from Attack on Titan, draw out your lightsaber, force push somebody, and then stab them. It's what a what a game. What a lucky thing that it exists. Yeah. Because you would not, I don't think if it if you had set out to create Fortnite as the design document, if you'd been like, what we see is Dragon Ball powers interacting with Star Wars powers, that both of those IP companies would have been like, no fucking way. So instead they made a game. And then as IP started to come into that game, it got to merge remix and meld with one another so that's that's i'm playing star wars on star wars game and i'm playing star wars in Fortnite. it's a it's a big star wars time here in the campbell uh laws household what is How, the huh? what, what is the uh what was that fighting game that's like that freeware fighting game that was just like broke every ip law like that mugen was yeah. that mugen yeah yeah and so and it would be so it'd be like you know they, 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 it, there was no, there were, they had no rights to anything, and it was just freeware. So it'd be like you know Peter Griffin versus Sailor Mars, and it was just like the most, uh, most crazy incoherent uh, mashups of uh, within a fighting game engine, um, completely unbalanced. Uh, some of it, some of the characters are barely playable, but it's cool to like mess around with. But like Fortnite is that, but it's just like they cleared all the legal hurdles. Yep, yep. That's, I mean, that's it. Although. Mugen would also have like. Oh, do you say Mugen? I call it Mugen. I don't know how Mugen. you say. It. I feel the fuck. I've never heard a person, a, a real human in my life, talk about that game. No, me neither. And that's considering that you were just talking about it. I'm talking yeah. a real human being. <laughs> <laughs> never heard it. But yeah, you could be like Fraser versus the front end of an Acura in Mugen. It's- <laughs> <laughs> Niles, that's his, <laughs> his finisher. He comes in. Yeah. Um, uh, Zane, uh, what are you playing? Oh man, I, I have some exciting updates. Um, I don't remember if the last record, like last year, if I had my Pac-Man machine yet. The arcade mm. one up, one behind me. I'm not sure. I don't remember. I don't remember yeah. either. So my mom got that for me for my birthday surprise thing, and I was like, oh my god, how did you even think of this? This is so awesome. So I had it in my music studio where I'm recording from here. Um, And then I recently changed pianos to an upright. And I thought, you know what? Let me get the arcade out of this music room and just make it purely music. So I put it in my patio. And then my actual, like this year birthday came up. Why did I say actual? Like as though I have a fake one in my back. My my real one came up. What are you, U.S. president? (laughs) Zane's birthday observed? Yeah, I'm going to need to see uh, your birth certificate. Yeah, we've been arguing real hard. (laughs) I've been trying to get December 25th. I'm getting a lot of pushback. Um, So uh, yeah, April 29th had my birthday. And I was like, man, this arcade machine looks great in my patio. Should I get another machine? And so now I have four. 
So, oh my wow. God. Yeah. So I got Simpsons and then I modified it to play uh, TMNT, TMNT, uh, Turtles in Time. It also comes with like some random beat em ups like Vendetta and Metamorphic Force. And then like a really not so good version of NBA Jam called Punk Shot. And then I was like, well, let me just get NBA Jam. So then I found a cabinet that was already pre-built in Pasadena. It's really cheap, brought that over. And then I had my birthday party. It was like an arcade hang. And uh, and then I just recently bought Street Fighter 35th anniversary, that cabinet. Wow. wow. So I'm gonna have four cabinets playing like, I don't know, each system has two to five games. And then the Capcom one that's coming has 14, including like some vertical and horizontal shooters and wow. three versions of Street Fighter. I'm really excited about it. It's wow. it's crazy walking into my music studio from my house and being like, oh, I have an arcade. I oh man, this is awesome. It's wow. That's that's been really fun. Uh, that's rad, and mm-hmm. and congrats. I will say, I have a friend uh, who was you could he, there was an arc you could kind of follow over a couple of years where he got really into cabinets and was just like filled up his arcade his garage with cabinets. Basically, had like a functional arcade there, and then like a year later, started being like. Uh, hey, I'm trying to to sell this cabinet. If you know anyone who's interested, <laughs> yeah, that's already on its way. No, yeah. like, <laughs> all that YouTube serves me is gaming content because it, it knows what I like. It knows what yeah. I'm into, and so uh, yeah, most of the arcade one up stuff I'm getting is why I left arcade one up. Why it's <laughs> not good, right? Um, and I already can see it. I mean, the build quality is a little bit rocky, and you know the feeling of the triggers and the and the handles, or whatever the arcade names are for it. Not to mention the fact that. As you guys may remember, I'm really into non-emulative retro experiences, yes, which obviously 100%. Heather big time is into too. So mm-hmm. yeah, I my analog stuff is all set up. I have my GameCube with the DVI output and I have, I'm really into non-software emulation. I will dabble in hardware emulation like the FPGA stuff does, but no latency, zero lag, controller plugged in, no wireless. Like I'm, I'm really into that. So to go into an arcade cabinet that's purely software emulation, yes. there's a bit of me that's like, ah, oh, 10 milliseconds of latency is going to be rough on Street Fighter. <laughs> there's that. Yeah. It, <laughs> it <know>? is. <laughs> yeah. And there's that. And then uh, and then there are a couple other reasons why it might not uh, work out well for me. But the reason I think I might keep them is because most arcade things I see online when people are hating on them, and totally understandably... They've made like a little basement cave where it's no, no sunlight to keep the sure. UVB rays away. For me, this is like in my patio. I have no no um, problems with them getting worn out. That's kind of musically what I'm into, like analog, mm-hmm. uh, broken apart, you know, mid-range is missing. I, I like that musically, so yeah. I wouldn't mind that in the cabinet. Plus, they're so small that it's more of just like a conversation piece thing. But yeah, I'm going to get rid of them, probably. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you have a dream cabinet? Do you have one you've always had your eye on? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, Simpsons kind of was it because that like mm. Carolina blue is a is a color for guitar amps. It's like a phrase, Carolina blue and seafoam green. And it's very close to Carolina blue. So yeah, like I have a 50s strat that's in that color. I'm like, I, I really wow. want that cabinet. It's a nice um, blue. It's really nice. But also the original TMNT, like there's no reason to get it because Simpsons is a four-player cab. And I think mm. they're going to continue releasing APKs where you can have other four-player games. Mm. Um, so I don't really feel the need to to have that. But I will say this, like second or third day of getting the Simpsons cabinet, I walked into my studio and I was like, ah, do I really want that? So I'm already having buyer's remorse, <laughs> but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm mercurial. I go back and forth. So we'll see what happens. 
Wow. It's it, wow. the fact that it's on the patio too. It's got to be nice to be like, you know what? I could use a little outside time real quick. Also, my friend and I have a pool. So my friend was like, dude, mm-hmm. this is great. When we step out of the pool, we can just go in the patio and play play a game real quick and go back in the pool. Like that that does sound like a nice summer afternoon. I'm into that. <laughs> yeah, uh, but they have the blank check house. Like yeah, know, exactly. I really do. <laughs> I really do. But <laughs> that's great. But um, there uh, there was one cabinet that started this, and it was I saw T two was on sale, and it was like one ninety nine. And I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I didn't want Arnold Schwarzenegger's face just <laughs> in my house. <laughs> But I was like, man, but light gun games, that that would be fun. House of the Dead and all that. That'd be but, fucking sick. Yeah, but they make it really hard to mod them. And I mean, you, I could buy the cabinet with the face and, and structure I don't really want. And then I could take away the LCD and then like change the Sindon light guns and then get a Raspberry Pi. And now I'm spending two grand to get like, what is happening? So yeah, I, I'm holding off until they have a time crisis or House of the Dead. And then maybe oh, I'll, man. I'll do it. Time crisis would be so sick with oh. the pedal. Forget about it's it. Just yeah. like, yeah. I love time great experience. Me too. Uh, but there is other stuff I'm playing too. I'm sorry. I, I wrote a oh, little please, list because I'm in gaming mode these days. Um, so I'm, I I pulled out my 3DS. Yes, I got caught up in the eShop, you know, main. Wow. So I spent like 200 bucks on games, uh-huh. even though it's apparently easy to, to play the games elsewise. Elsewise? <laughs> That's not a word. <laughs> anyway, um, so I've been playing Mario and Luigi Dream Team. Because oh yeah yeah so because Super Mario RPG was my entrance into RPGs and then that turned into Pokemon and Golden Sun the Lost Age and and all that so um uh, yeah I'm playing that and I've actually been playing through the Treasure Trove like the non Shovel Knight games that I'd never mm-hmm. played playing 2D platformers in 3D is oh man that is the way they're supposed to be played in my opinion now uh, so I've been doing that. And then I've put 38 hours so far into Octopath Traveler 2. Um, wow. And I only have five characters. Wow. So I, yeah, I'm like, I'm an 100 to 200 hour RPG player because I like every single conversation to make sure I can sure. get that axe before it costs me 55 grand. And yeah, I'm really detailed. I love this. That's odd. That's amazing. So that's that's my life yeah. right now. What, what's your take? Did you first off? Did you play Octopath Traveler one? Yeah, 120 hours in that. Or 130. Wow, hours. wow. Oh, yeah. And so, and I've heard this one is like even if you didn't connect with the first one, uh, part two, they've really they've really figured it out. Yeah, it's incredible. I, I don't know. Has it been out long enough where I could give a spoil? It's not a story spoiler, but there is a mechanic that I think is awesome that wasn't in number one. I think but, you're fair to talk about it. Yeah. Mechanic, yeah. All right, so here's the end of the game. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so they have the thing where you can have different classes and you can choose once you unlock the other player's classes. You can say, okay, I'm a scholar, but I'm also now an apothecary or whatever classes you want to combine. Um, and there's this thing called, oh, man, I'm so into gameplay that I don't always read the actual words, but <laughs> is, it, is it like latch power or something where you hit X hmm. and it, it's like a new power? Um, that's been awesome. I really like that mechanic. And I also initially was not that into the fact that I'm like, oh, it's the same classes. I thought they'd give like eight brand new classes you never heard of, but I chose the same uh, class as I chose in Octopath Traveler 1, which was Scholar, because they have magic, very powerful you know, attacks. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm like, oh, I'm a Scholar again. Oh, I just picked up a, a Thief. Oh, okay, that was in number one too. Oh, there aren't any new classes. So there might be one or two I haven't unlocked all them but uh yeah i was surprised by that um but yeah to me i'm having more fun than i did in octopath traveler one and octopath traveler one for me is like a top 
seven or eight game of all time. Wow. Yeah. For, for what I'm into. Wow. So, and I, I will say my friends and family, when I try to get them into RPGs, they're so, they're so bored by them, but I'm like, yeah, they're awesome. They say, why would you be into this? You're so high energy. Wouldn't you want like a fighting game or a combat game? And I think, cause I'm so high energy in the rest of life. I really like to like have a battle be 20 minutes and really think through the best way to play it. So yeah, Octopath really is a top seven or eight because of that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I think I think latent powers is perhaps the mechanic you thank were talking you, about. Thank you. Thank you. I said latch, and that is not right. <laughs> latent powers. They're awesome because one of them might be, all right, my latent power is to focus all of my energy that would have been on eight characters, like a magic attack. It'll just be on one person now. So it's like almost eight times as powerful. Oh, wow. But then That's you unlock cool. another character. And I was like, oh, I'm ready for this latent power. It's like, no, no, this person's latent power is even if this person you're fighting isn't weak to anything you have, whatever you hit them with right now, it's going to break them down so you break down their shield points. So like if they're only weak to axe attacks and all you have is a staff, you put on that latent power and you hit four times with your staff and it actually breaks them down. It's like everyone has their own latent power and I love that mechanic. I gotta check this out. I'm sure it's it'd be fantastic. extremely my shit. Yeah, I love uh, Octopath. Octopath. I can't. I have the second one. I I loaded it up on my Switch to be able to play it on the plane on the way to and from Japan. Didn't fucking play a drop of Switch. I fell asleep for like ten hours. Wow, I was so tired. <laughs> uh, Matt, what are you playing? Uh, I mean, Heather touched on it a little bit, so I don't have a ton more to say about it. But I am playing. Um, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, and I love it. I love it yeah. so much. Uh, if you remember in when I talked about um, Jedi Fallen Order, my biggest complaint about the game was the map. Uh, they fixed the map. They fixed the map. They fixed wow. the map. Wow. Nice. And, and here's the thing about it that I really cannot figure out how, because the map is somehow also exactly the same. But they fixed it. They, <laughs> it's like they did something. I, it's like it's the same type of math map, that it's, same type of like Metroid Prime map. Uh, yeah, I was going to say like Metroid Prime. 3D mm, uh, that you sure. can sort of look at from every angle or whatever. But I think what they added, if I'm not mistaken, is there is like a little yellow line that makes more sense. That's like, oh, and there's also markers throughout the map that are like navigation um, like markers that are like, you should be going this way. The main the main event is over here. Here's a little marker, uh, you know, for uh, you know, n halfway up, basically. That's like right. showing you where to go. So like, if you get lost or whatever, it's like, well, then here's the hint: go this way. Uh, which is, I don't know if that's a setting I have turned on that maybe could be turned off. Um, but there's a lot to do also in the game. It's not just like, um, I don't know how much. I, I'm sure there was like a ton of I, I missed in Fallen Order. Um, but this game feels more full. Like it has, there's just so much going on. Like I've all, I'm only at like the third planet, I think, or something. And uh, it feels gigantic. There's so much to mm -hmm. do. You can get mounts now. So like there's different things you can do with that. Um, there are like rumors that you can follow as like side quests and be like, oh, like, I, yeah, I heard that there was um, these, uh, um, prospectors that went missing in this mine uh why don't you go check that out for me uh and then you go and yeah you see all these dead prospectors like scattered throughout the 
the mine and you get to Y and it's the fucking Rancor and you got to oh, take boy. down a Rancor uh, and it, it rips. It's so fun. It's so good. Um, the performances are great. And the new thing that I love that they added is there are new lightsaber stances. So like in the first one, you only had a single blade or the double blade. Those are still there. But now you have like a dual wield stance where you can have one in each hand and mm. that has a different sort of combat energy to it. And th- then there's um, the one that I just unlocked right now is the blaster stance where you have one uh, lightsaber and a blaster. So you can be like one handing people with the with the lightsaber and then from your hip be like pew, 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 with your blaster <laughs> and it rules. And there's a there's a Kylo Ren lightsaber stance that you can get that is like a heavy sword so it's like you're you're two-handing this fucker and you're like really doing some heavy like slashes with it and i can't wait to to get that one that's gonna be so sick um and i know that people say to modify the buttons um because your attacks are on the face buttons right so you're um right your force like Heavy attack is triangle, and your uh, if you're playing on PlayStation, like I am, and your regular attack is square. But people say to switch to the R1 and R2 buttons. For yeah, those. right. Because you got to Elden so, Ring it. Yes. Yeah, it's so derived right. from from the Soulsborne games that you should match the controls to it. I've heard the same thing. And I, I want to do it, but I know mm-hmm. that there are other things you can do that having. I just have to I have to maybe search for what the optimal button remap is because there's like force powers that you can do that it would be a pain in the ass to press like square and circle at the same time, for example, right? right? Mm. Uh, but I'm sure there's a way. There's not like a all games should just have like a like if you want to do it this way, do it this way. If you want to do it, there's like just built in configurations that you could pick from. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, good. Go on. I'm sorry. No, like that's. I mean, it's. I'm also just in a Star Wars mood right now, too. Like, um, I saw Return of the Jedi on the big screen for the first time. Like, I'd never seen it in theaters. Um, and it, it fucking ruled. It was so awesome. I, I, That's a good movie. I, I, it's a great movie. Uh, it was so fun to see it on the big screen. Um, they're all so hot. They're all so, so hot. <laughs> it was so crazy. Like, I know this. But, like, seeing it on the big screen, I was like, Jesus Christ, all three of them are so hot. Yeah. <laughs> unbelievable um and i had recently gone to um i was back at disneyland at galaxy's edge and i was like i love i love star wars i just fucking love it it's yeah. it's great it's so good and then playing this game uh i dusted off one of the high the high republic novels that i've been meaning to read and i'm wow. tearing through that i'm in a i'm in a i'm in a bit of a, a bit of a star wars zone right now so that's that's me i love it yeah, we we just like because they had the Return of the Jedi theatrical release, and they also had uh, the uh, what what we went and saw, which was the uh, the fortieth anniversary release of Flashdance. Wow, uh, which I saw in the theater and just had the we had the time of our fucking lives, and uh, hasn't aged like perfectly, but it's still it's still super fun. But the crowd was all like people like between 40 and 70 years old yeah and after it finished i just realized like i like i'm now somebody's like they don't make them like that anymore <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's happening Fun. to me too the other day yeah. i said wow they really did a great job repaving the street 
Oh, no. <laughs> Actually, that that kind of pairs well into one thing I forgot to mention that I'm playing. I'm really experiencing a gaming renaissance right now. Mm-hmm. I've been doing Halo 2 LAN parties. Wow. 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 Yes. You guys are invited. But yeah, I, I, I have two Xbox 360s, so I was doing them that way. But then for my birthday party, this whole like arcade, friends come and play games... I thought, well, screw it. I have an old Xbox One X that I keep in one room and I got the Series X and just kept the One X. And it turns out you can do on the Master Chief Collection two player, not four player on each screen, but it's like up res, you know, 1080p to 4K visuals. So two players in one room, two players in the other. So yeah, it's they don't make it like they used to. Like, <laughs> why why can you only do co-op online these days? Like they got to yeah. bring back two to four player. Yeah, it's so much it. more fun. Um. And I, while I'm on the Xbox real quick, there's another game I've been playing, which is It Takes Two with my friend online. Aww. Wow. Finally playing that game. That game is, a, oh man, it's it's a it's a tearjerker. It takes you on a little, little bit of a journey. But sorry, I'm just fitting in everything I've been playing because this is a gaming podcast. And I you thought got, maybe- it's, You got to talk this about This is it. great. Well, where else can I? I play music and no one really gives a crap, dude. <laughs> you can't really be on stage- no, between songs I, being like, hey, you guys play, you, it's play, it takes two. <laughs> well, I will say one of the things, well, I'll get to that later. But yeah, there is a musical uh, connection with uh, one of these one of these pieces we might talk about later. But yeah, I don't, I mean, I try to, you know, show my family and friends like, yeah, we're watching, you know, My Life in Gaming right now. And we're watching Game Sack and watching Console Wars and Metal Jesus Rocks and mm-hmm. Spawn Wave and just all gaming stuff that I watch mm-hmm. online. And my family gets bored. Friends get bored 10 seconds in. So <laughs> anyway, it's just nice to kind of be able to be myself. Am I right? Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Take you also you also but, make me feel cool because you're like, <laughs> you're cool and you're talking about video games. I was like, Nate, me too. <laughs> yeah, hey, we're the same. We're the yeah. same kind of guy. We are. No, we are though. Yeah, my mom like put hair gel in my hair when I was five years old. So I was yeah. like that kid in class with hair gel. And it's like, yeah, but cool I like whole life. Yeah, but I wasn't cool. I was just like, but I'm not cool. Once I opened my mouth, no one wanted to talk to me. But initially, yeah, no. Never I just, mind, everybody. Me. His mom put it in. Yeah, God, it's not me. But no, I just, I love gaming. God, it's so, I don't know what it is about it. I just love it. Yeah. It's the best. Uh, it, it's the fucking it really best. Is. That brings us to our topic this week. Uh, this is we're doing another episode of our music theory of gaming format, uh, Zane, which is a thing that you pitched. And I know a thing that you've streamed about. Uh, we're talking about the Zelda franchise, some all time great soundtracks across uh, these myriad games. And another thing, and, and I wanted to mention this before we get into our picks. Uh, and, and Zane, I know you've got a few you want to talk about specifically, but great stingers. Oh yeah, like mm-hmm. just like like you know like the the item acquisition or uh, uh, finding a secret, and those are things that were established in Zelda One on NES and and have been you know endlessly remixed over the course of the series. Uh, but they're they're just uh, these great little like uh, you know like two second snippets of music that you never get tired of hearing. Yeah, and I, I, you're reminding me now. I forgot to analyze that. I forgot to <laughs> figure out how, what that is, but it's something weird. But <laughs> yeah, there's some there's some great stuff. Even just da 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 da, the chromatic yeah. like. Oh, I love that. That's so man. Yeah, it's they're incredible. I, I don't. I wonder who. 
I'm guessing Koji Kondo even wrote those stingers, not just the song. So he just like hit it out of the park with everything. That was always my assumption. Yeah. But yeah. I, I honestly don't know. Yeah. Before, I, also, a lot of times, I, a lot of times, yeah, it would be. I, I, I mean, I also, I'm not sure if, if back in the day, because there was a really a one man band era of development where, you know, the, the, uh, someone would program and design and do the art and do the sound design. I, I, you know, eventually these roles got more and more specialized as team size grew. But I think there probably was an era where the composer was also doing sound design. Right. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know what what bucket that would fall into uh, uh, composition or, or, or sound design, but it's possible that who, whatever it was. Uh, it, it was done by the same person, but I, I have to think it was Koji Kondo. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's let's get into it. Zane, why don't you kick things off? What's one of the tracks you want to talk about? Yeah, man, we're starting off hot, baby. <laughs> so my favorite piece of all time in Zelda gaming. It, it's funny because it's not on anyone's list. Like top twenty-five of all time, top mm. fifty. I don't know how this isn't in people's list. This is the fairy theme. Wow. I freaking love this so much. Yeah, and there are a lot of elements, just kind of diving, I guess, into the music theory aspect. Yeah. So these are actually kind of jazz chords, like the four chord going to a 2-5, flat 9, flat mm. 5, to another 2-5. So there's a lot of 2-5 chord progressions, which you hear like in Miles Davis music, believe it or not. Wow. But having it played on a harp with the arpeggios is beautiful. And then having these melody notes that are like not from the key, like this. Da, da, that's not in the key. Mm. Da, da, that note's not in the key either. So it gives this like saccharine, I don't even know what it is, like sour, but in a good way feeling. And so, I don't know, I just love this piece. And I've actually performed this uh, live on stage sometimes with wow. friends. It, it's, it's just such a great piece to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, you know, harmonic extensions. Also the intro to that uh, thing, that's like it's like a dominant nine chord that uh, keeps inverting so it becomes like a half diminished chord and a minor six chord this thing i just love that i love that entrance because that's a very uh, unusual chord that you don't hear in like pretty much any genre of music that's not jazz um or like dvorak i guess um <laughs> mm -hmm. but I... so uh yeah so i just feel like it's a really pleasing thing and uh yeah, there's also like a, a through line through all these Zelda songs, which I'll maybe get to later. There's like a specific quote unquote mode that Koji Kondo uses throughout the the uh, pieces. But anyway, this is this is by far my favorite. Um, I was on stage in 2007 or eight playing these jazz gigs in LA I used to do. And a friend of mine who's really into like anime and video games, he's a bass player. He came up on stage. He's like, fairy theme. I was like, what do you, how do you know that? He's like, you know, I know that. I'm like, oh, okay. So we did a jazz rendition of fairy theme Fuck, at like 2 a.m. Yeah. And, and we, and you can really like, I, I said, I might play guitar on this, but you can mm -hmm. rip over these changes because they are jazz changes. So like, mm. if I can give a sort of demonstration, like, wow, you know? Yeah. Whatever. You get the idea. You can really. Yeah. I, yeah. I yeah. 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 I yeah. could do that. Too. I could do that. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we had, yeah. Yeah. Ripping. I always think I always think the fairy theme sounds like if I got a burrito and it was too big for me to eat and I <laughs> walked it over to the trash, the part that I couldn't eat uh, and uh, was about to throw it away. And then I looked down at my dog 
That's the oh, sound wow. of my dog looking up at me. It's melancholy, mm. longing, like hopeful. What it's the fuck like, are you doing? That's <laughs> mine. I love that. I know what you mean. Yeah. And I, I mean, not to get too nerdy, but I guess that is the whole point, at least in my life, just how I live it. But yeah, mm. that like those chromatic notes that are not in the key, it does feel melancholy and sort of sad. And then it keeps resolving sort of. Yeah. Yeah. It it's is just, hopefully it's right. just big eyed dog, ears back. Please give me a burrito. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. So yeah, that's my that's my first choice. I don't know if you guys wanted to give any choices now or wh- how to which order to do this in. I think we just kind of round robin it. I think that's a that that's a great pick and that's a great one to start us off. I'll also like it's it's so tranquil and calming, and then in Ocarina of Time, it's paired with the great fairy appearing and going. Exactly. Exactly. There is. is, I know my rhythm. My rhythm is not good here. To say one more thing after you already made that great point and joke, but there also is one chord in this that, like, it's rare to have that harp intro. Those half diminished G minor six chords, but there's a chord in this song that's a flat nine, flat five. You Mm. will only hear that. I promise you. Like in a advanced avant garde classical piece or jazz piece, it sounds like this. That's in the song. It's just like whatever that whole thing is. Wow. So that that flat nine, flat five is like, okay, that's in a video game. And I have to think it might have been part of the reason I loved the game as a kid because it was just so special. Sure. I didn't know I loved jazz yet when I was seven or eight. I just knew that those frequencies meant something to me. And it wasn't until I learned the language, I was like, oh, that's why I loved Mariah Carey's whatever song or, you know, Jordan Knight's Give It To You, which is literally the chord changes to... um, uh, autumn leaves. I was like, oh, I had this jazz thing in my soul that I didn't realize I had. So that flat nine, flat five, watch out for that. That'll get you. All right. I'll get you real good. And then it'll heal <laughs> you, you with a, if you have a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Matt, you're sharing sound. Do you have a pick? Uh, yeah. Um, let's go. I, I this is the, the I, I got to Zelda late in life uh my first zelda was i guess not late in my life but late in zelda um yeah, my late first... in your life hasn't happened yet right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know the way things are going it just <laughs> it feels like it could be any day um uh, that's not true um i feel fine uh my first zelda was um for the ds the phantom hourglass um, no, it, wait, it's your first one? That was my very first one. Wow. And I, I loved it. I thought it was a great game, really fun. Um, but this theme uh, sticks out to me as I was going back through like what that game sounded like. Uh, the Dark Memories theme. Here we go. This is on a DS. Woo! So dissonant. The DS is really good. So now you're gonna notice, now that I'm going after Zane, you're gonna just really notice the difference in how we speak about these things. Because like, one of us speaks with such authority and knowledge about the subject, and then the other one is uh, Zane. So, <laughs> I mean, I've never heard this, but I could, I could step in if at any point you want to hear the theory of what's happening. It's great. Tell me, yeah, tell me what's going on. I can also compare it to a moment with my dog. So you go ahead, Zane, and then I'll I'll say what this well, is with my dog. <laughs> basically, this mel- I've never heard this, but this melody. What key is it in? Yeah. Okay, so basically that was me he's doing like, that. I did that. Yeah, he's dancing around. 
This is insane. There's a lot of distance, but the melody, there's like so much happening as I'm yeah. talking. There's like trash can <laughs> symbols. But anyway, the flat fives being hit a lot, which is a thing that happens in music to make us feel sort of like devilish. I can't, I don't know what key we're in, but that flat five note. And then it goes to the flat six. And basically normally when you want to settle on harmony, you want to be on the one, three or five. And this is neither of those. Like flat five, is that note? Cause we're in this key, whatever. So there's that, there's a flat six, there's a major seventh. So they're dancing around every stable note, which is that note. Yeah. Oh, that note too. That's the half step above where a, a, this is the, the note that you'd want to hit, but they're dancing around the note you want to hit. So it feels very tense because of that. What's the context this is played uh, in this game? I, I think it's when you're talking to somebody about some dark memories. Mm. I, I see this as... I've gone out to dinner and my dog hates it when I go out to dinner. Oh. And so she is eyeing the place on the carpet where she is going to have an accident on purpose. Show them to leave me again. What a great format where I explain the notes and then you explain it as it relates to your dog. <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. This is yeah. great. Like I'm going to listen back to this episode for fun. so that's my first pick great heather uh why don't you play one great um i didn't bring in a ton because i i knew that i had the least brains about music in the room so i only wanted to bring a a couple uh but my first one is from breath of the wild and i it's basically the overworld theme if there is one in breath of the wild This is, my dog has had breakfast (laughs) and she has found the spot in the house with the sunlight patch and she slowly lays down in the sunlight and her eyes close and she's really happy. But I, other than that, I don't know anything about this fucking song. I mean, it's like, it's got good piano p- bits and it like it's that stripped out minimal thing that I like about Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, re- it really lingers in the rests. Like it has periods <laughs> yeah. where it's just like, you know, you're just uh, you're just waiting for the next thing to happen, which I guess kind of speaks to the sense of exploration that you have in the game at large. Yeah. 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 It's. I hadn't heard that yet. I, mean, I guess I heard it when I played the game, but yeah, that um, it's in direct contrast to what matches played with like yeah. being in a minor key and and dancing around all these weird notes. This is like it was like this suspended thing, whatever it was. I don't know what it was. And then the major seven, which is like totally quote unquote consonant, like it's part of the key. So every melody note, like was meant to work with the suspended guitar, or I'm sorry, piano things underneath. And it's interesting how harmony can do that. If you add a little bit of dissonance, it feels, you know, anticipatory or scary. And if you add, it's suddenly pretty just because of the order of the notes. So I really, that that was very arresting for me. I took a, a deep breath. That was beautiful. It's incredible. 
Uh, all right, I'm going to take things way back to the NES era, and I have a pick from look a game that is perhaps a little of a, uh, a, a of a dark horse entry, a black sheep in the franchise, uh, but it still is a cool game uh, that has its charms, and it added some elements to the Zelda uh, mythos and canon and uh, aesthetic, and one of those things is the dungeon theme from Zelda II The Adventure of Link. Okay, this is about as good as it's going to get, yeah, get ready. but wait. Yeah. There's a crazy arpeggio coming up. I see what this is, where this is going. I know all the, the dungeon theme has to offer by this point. Yeah, baby. What the fuck? Yeah, I thought I knew it was going I just, on. I just cut my own arm off. <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. I didn't know anything. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you picked this. This is one of the ones I was going to pick, but I... Oh, that's right. so I'm glad, glad. did. Uh, can we... I, I want to hear you talk about it, but, yeah. but first, before you do, I want to play a little bit of the Smash Melee remix. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, which is a little bit more orchestrated. And I think this is probably how most people know this song. Totally. Uh, so, Zane, what, what are your thoughts on this from a music theory standpoint? Well, first thing is, I've asked people on my stream, I was playing this last night on stream when I was mm -hmm. transcribing stuff, and I was like, what movie are you guys thinking of when you hear this? And surprisingly, no one said it, but James Bond. These are the exact oh, sure, yeah. chords to James Bond, that chromatic walk up from the five to the flat six to the natural six on a minor chord. So, that first thing was like, ooh, this guy was probably came right out of GoldenEye to write this piece or whatever yeah, right. James Bond <laughs> was out then. But I love that fast arpeggio moment. It's so awesome. And it's this moment, it's coming up in a little bit. But when those arpeggios start, where it goes like G minor, F minor, E minor, that's a specific device that film score people use, like Danny Elfman, Howard Shore, others. It's coming mm. up right here. This, down, down a whole step, parallel, down a half step, parallel, ooh. So that, that parallel minor triad movement, it's its kind of coming back in popularity now with mm. artists like Thundercat or even Kamasi, where you just take a triad and just move it, don't care about what key you're in. Um, to me, that creates a real journey moment, what we're hearing right now. Uh, but yeah, on the original Zelda 2 Link's Awakening, that I played a little bit of that as a kid, I didn't beat it, but when this palace theme, whatever it's called, dungeon theme came up, uh, that hit me hard. Uh, there's a lot of other stuff happening, but mostly this minor triad James Bondy movement and the arpeggios uh, being parallel in nature, which is which is unlikely. It's unusual, I should say, in video game music. I would. Uh, can you can you on, play just the NES version for just a moment for a, for a split second so I can tell you what my dog is doing <laughs> <laughs> when this is playing? Dog has grabbed my sock. 
I'm trying to get my sock back because I gotta go to work. <laughs> and it's running through the house. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 come back, come on, come on, come on. And she thinks it's a game. So she hide under the couch. And I can't get to her. And then she hide under the bed. And I can't get to her. And when the uh, arpeggios start playing, that's when she's like clocked up speed. And now she's like dashing in the house. That's what's Fantastic. <laughs> Dude, I'll. I want to compose a film one day and have you help me compose it by using these analogies. Because that, that's it. You're painting a picture. Also, that arpeggio is really hard to play on the guitar, which I learned last night. It's really hard. It's easier on piano. Wow. Holy Lord. But one day I'll learn it. And I then don't I'll be have my guitar within reach. Or I'd show you how easy it is. Yeah. Okay, so, thanks. So, yeah. Do you like, ever want like, a lesson or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's also one thing that's so fun as a guitarist loving these pieces. I mean... When you guys asked me to do this episode, I freaked out. Like I, you know, when you tell someone, when you get like a really cool job, you tell your friends and family, you're not going to believe it. This person's hiring me or I'm writing for this thing. Uh, I told my, my friends and family, I'm like, this is very, this is like top tier excitement for me. Um, <laughs> wow. It's not going to be career or whatever. You might not get as excited as I am, but I get to talk about the music of basically my favorite video game series of all time. Whose, whose songs I know I, I could easily have sung 50 of these without having to research online. So it's it's really cool. Um, but one fun thing about being a guitar player, listening to these pieces is clearly, I mean, I'm guessing actually, but it seems clear to me Koji writes on the piano because a lot of these voicings are very easy to play on the piano and almost impossible on the guitar. Like that fairy theme that I was talking about mm. is like this weird, that chord's possible, but that's not possible. Like you can't play these voicings on guitar. So they're really exciting for someone like me because I'm like, that's a new sound. I, I've never played that. Right. Sound. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, well, hey, you're excited to talk about Zelda music. Uh, let's keep it going. Hell so yeah. what's, uh, what's another pick you got? All right. Link's Awakening, baby. Let's go. Tal Tal Heights. Come on. I don't know why I announced it like a DJ. It got me hyped. So it's a modification of the main theme. Ba -ba -da 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 -da. That's the melody. And then this is not. This is an exposition on it. Bam. There's like this mambo-y salsa <laughs> moment. Um, there are so many things I love about this. I'm going to list them really quickly. Uh, slowly enough to make sense of them. Here it changes keys, by the way. And it's a different tonality, like a thicker tonality on the instrument. So this is sort of like the Dark World from Link to the Past. But sort of reimagined. Yes. There's that. Two, there are many advanced cadences in this song. So like in college, you learn about the Neapolitan to a 5-7, which is coming up right here. It's coming up in a moment. Here's the Neapolitan. That, those two chords back to back, not heard very often outside of classical mm. music. Also, uh, there's like this half diminished chord that walks down. That's like a very Jeff Buckley thing. There's just so much... Uh, there's so many nutrients in this for me, so I get really excited listening to it. Um, that top end pitch is kind of uh, ear hurting, but it's fine. <laughs> okay, so then uh, there's this Lydian thing going on. I want to I want to touch on this. So Lydian happens a lot. That mode happens a lot in the Zelda music. Um, so the Lydian moment is coming up in like eight bars. Um, this. 
That sound, it's very ethereal, very sort of mysterious. That happens in almost like half of the Zelda songs. So I love that that's in here. Um, it feels almost like an overture for a musical. It gives me like everything the game's going to show me eventually. Uh, mm. And then that's pretty much it. I'm going to pause it now. I forgot Matt's not playing it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, also one thing that came to mind is, have you ever heard the RoboCop theme for the Game Boy? Anyone I'm here? sure I have. Okay, I should have pulled it up because I didn't, yeah. but it's incredible. And part of the reason I think that's so incredible is because of the limitations of the hardware. And so, yes. you know, and the limitation on this is there wasn't much polyphony, like, you know, as much like that. They had to arpeggio it. So, yeah, you can you can't play more that you can only play so many notes at the same time. The, the, the sound chip is only capable of, a, of, you know, like two to four different simultaneous sounds. So you can't really play chords. You have to break them up. Exactly. So that arpeggiation, yeah. I think, makes this so exciting. And there's so much momentum to it versus actually having triads playing with the melody. So I love that. Um, but yeah, I just I think this piece is amazing. I think it happens closer to the end of the game. Maybe it's even the title credits at the end. But um I don't know, this just gets me amped. And I love hearing Game Boy music, so I wanted to share it. I'm pretty sure that song plays when my dog sees a squirrel. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I got this. (laughs) I know that we're doing um, Zelda, um, but I pulled up the the RoboCop. It's the title theme for the Game Boy uh, Oh, it's the best song maybe ever on an 8-bit. Okay, here we go. Whatever it is. Number like, one comment underneath this on YouTube is it was uh, whatever the composer's name was. They're like, hey, man, you just broke up with your girlfriend. Can you write us a song? He's like, yeah, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the melody. <laughs> right, it's the great also because because RoboCop, the movie has such like a well-known main theme that they could have just, you know, right. used as the title theme here. But they're like, no, nah, I'm going to go in a different direction. <laughs> also, fun um, fact. That's right. Uh, Eva. Uh, you know, Eva Anderson, her brother, mm-hmm. Dash, is one of my best friends. He showed me that. He's like, you got to do music theory of this one day. So I did. Because it's wow. so good. Yeah. <laughs> that rocks. Uh, the, the, so uh, I, I, what you were saying earlier, Zane, about like you kind of like back ending into the, st- the types of music that you like via hearing it in video games. I, I'm kind of realizing that that kind of happened to me too, because a lot of the, what you're saying, like these, these super fast runs, these arpeggiated, like, uh, you, you know, a, a, uh, like like impossibly fast like chip tune songs uh, i think is prob- maybe what what led me to like really like like speed metal and then like like bebop like you know charlie parker you know Wait, like you're like, bebop? I, like yeah oh, i dude, really hell I, yeah it, man oh awesome yeah the period was early into i mean i still listen to it but like yeah like uh, you know that the uh, charlie bebop like you mentioned uh, or charlie bebop uh charlie <laughs> That was my nickname. Charlie Parker. <laughs> yeah. Charlie Parker, uh, Miles Davis, like you mentioned. Um, you know, so l- later than that, like John Coltrane, Sonny Rollins. But like, yeah, that that's sort of like that core uh, uh that core bop era. I was like really into that oh, stuff. Oh yeah. I just I just really love speed. You yeah, know? man. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah. And I wonder if it was that listening to this music um influenced me and then I liked that later in life, or mm-hmm. if it was revealing what I would eventually discover. Like I, I'm just into right. this. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, which I like gravitated towards. Yeah, you're right. A lot of NES games did have some crazy arpeggios. Like Ninja Gaiden, we've talked about briefly, but mm-hmm. that's insane. That whole score. I love that. 
It's all, it just feels like every, like so many of those songs are just in a rush. They're just in a hurry. Right. Um, all right, so uh, I'm I, I I'm gonna go a little out of order here, just because you mentioned the Dark World theme and how it's kind, of, and that's one of my picks. Uh, so uh, Matt, let's go ahead and play that. That's from the uh, uh, the Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past, uh, and I think this is one of the most well known Zelda songs, and I feel like kind of has to be included here. <laughs> fucking rips it's also one of those things where you're not hearing this until you're into a, a good chunk of the game yeah. like you like like you're you've, you've played a meaty chunk before you get into this theme and so when it hits it fucking hits yeah it's like 75 or 80 percent in yeah, yeah 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 i love this piece there's one chord in this piece that for me this is getting very analytical and nerdy but there's an a flat major seven in this song and to me mm-hmm. that is the piece for me so it's coming up right here Here's the chord right here. That chord. I love that mm. because it feels like uh, well you have a, you have the key that you're in. You have the C minor triad, but over A flat, and there's like a beautiful d- tension that right there. So I love that. When I heard that as a kid, I was like, this is so hip, man. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of journeying going on here. Here's the chord again. There was A flat major seven again, um, and I love that it was minor because it's major mm. in the main theme. So I love that they did yes, that. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah. And there's a bunch of diminished stuff, and and there's so much momentum to it. But 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 it up. I love that. Yeah. It's not it's not a perfect um, comparison, but it's kind of like the you know Anakin's theme in Star Wars Episode One, the Phantom Menace, is like an inversion of uh, you know the Imperial March from the original trilogy, and it's the same sort of thing where it's not like just like here we're just going to take the song and then replay it in a minor key. We're going to kind of like just figure out how to invert it fully. Yeah, uh, and that's the same sort of thing with the Dark World theme and the main theme of 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 Zelda. Totally. Um, yeah, I love that track. I love it's, that. I can see that happening in a in a jazz solo actually, because bum 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 da 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 da, space bum da 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 da, space da 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 da, and this being da dum space da 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 da, space da da dum space da da da. It's like I could see if I was in a jazz setting, fourth or fifth chorus in, being like, how can I stretch this melody anymore? And I might do exactly mm. this, keep the rhythmic cadence, but completely change the melody notes. So wow. it's funny because people say the sound, it makes them feel like the uh, main theme, even though it doesn't share really any melody notes. And I, I think it's because yeah. of that. Yeah, this, really cool. this was the UPS guy has shown up for a delivery and my dog thinks she's got to protect the house. So she's barking at the door <laughs> and then she looks really proud and then she barks some more. That's that sound. That's, that's what's going on with my dog during that song. It's fantastic. <laughs> Uh, all right, Matt, let's get another one of your picks. Okay. Um, so this part, I mean, this one, I'm going back to Breath of the Wild because that was that was probably the next Zelda that I played. I didn't play a lot of Zelda. Um, and this is a song. It's barely a song. It's more of a sting, kind of. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's music. 
And it's during a part of Breath of the Wild that would scare me every time it happened. Because I would, it would be just long enough where I'd forget it was part of it. And then it would happen. Uh, so this is the omen of the bloody moon. And they're all coming back to life and stuff. They're like, oh, you fucked us up earlier. Now I'm ugly and, and, and alive again. Fuck you. And I just think it's good contrast because obviously there's a lot of dark stuff in Zelda games, but I feel like for the most part, a lot of the music is pretty, um, like pretty happy and pretty, um, like pretty upbeat. So I think a uh, blood, blood moon is fucking terrifying. Yeah, when that it's hit. so scary every time it happens. It's scary. That's yeah. scary when it happens. And when you're talking to what you think is a normal NPC and it turns out to be one of those like ninjas, fuck that. Oh yeah, I hate that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that that song's the vet for my dog. <laughs> that, yeah, sushi just feel- ate a, a nickel on accident. It's like, yeah. oh. <laughs> that I don't remember at all the music from Metroid Dread, which I did 100 percent because I love that game. Oh. But whenever those um, E something or others, yes, that, yeah, that freaked me out, man. So I have to go back and listen to those those that piece and see what it was that scared me about that. But this one is l- literally uh, the Devil's Interval. They call it. <laughs> oh, really? I, yeah, I hadn't heard this piece before, but Nick probably knows the tritone. Yes, so, yeah. Yeah. It's like, remember that Black Sabbath song? Like, that interval is a tritone. So it was going like this D thing down to A flat. Then it went like B flat to E. And so that tritone is very unsettling uh, for a plethora of reasons. Most times people, when they hear this, they want it to resolve. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't in this one. So it's like, it's so unsettling and unresolved. Classic vet situation. Sorry. (laughs) 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 You're so good though. You're so dead on Heather with these analogies. Seriously. Well, the music's communicating that. It's because of my dog. I'm not it's doing anything. It's just because it's true. Yeah. It's just because what, it's what happens when any of these things happen with my dog. That's great. <laughs> um, the second song I have from the email I sent you, Matt, the second song I have is not actually from a Legend of Zelda game. Uh, it is from uh, my favorite uh, video game inspired lo-fi a musician, A-L-E-X. I've given this performer a shout out before on the show uh, with Sonic remixes. And um, this is, I think, Fairy Lullaby from A-L-E-X, which is just a lo-fi remix of a, uh, of a Zelda song. top comment on this youtube okay man this got me thinking about childhood man sometimes i miss being a kid in a way it kept me from seeing how unforgiving and how cold the world really was <laughs> this is my dog looking out the window when it's raining <laughs> nice <laughs> This this is uh, this is the Ocarina of Time, like when you start the N64 yeah. game. Oh. Yeah. Mix, it's incredible. 
yeah, this uh, again has that open ethereal thing. I don't know if it feels that way to you guys. Like anything's possible, and who knows what'll happen. Uh, and that was something that I thought was really exciting when I put on this game when I was 11 or 12. Oh wait, my agent's listening. I was eight. I was, <laughs> I was not born yet in the womb. No, I'm kidding. Um, I don't have an agent. All right. Well, I kind of do. It's a long story. So anyway, um, the uh, the um, the first game, you know, Zelda One, is very strong. Uh, it's a major melody and very sort of almost like regal. Um, and this is the opposite. It felt like, oh wow, what's happened to Link? Like before I had played the game, I'm like, oh, what's about to happen? I don't know. And that Lydian thing, which shows up in like Song of Healing, it shows up in Lost Woods, it shows up in this, it showed, showed up in two or three of the songs we've already played. Um, that's really a theme in this game. And I, I wonder if part of it's to make the player feel like, yeah, it's you're in charge, you're Link. Link doesn't even really have a voice. Like you're Link, anything's possible mm, here. Sure. Because mm-hmm. um, that mode, like if you're, you know, if you're in like uh, F, which is this song's in C major, it's like... that feeling is kind of open. That's the Lydian versus if I were to be like, that sounds minor and very different, very deliberate. Whereas the Lydian's a little less deliberate, you know? So anyway, that Lydian thing being throughout the Zelda games, for me, it's always felt like, so I think Minda's Lament might be in Lydian. So this is a a Mm. common thing. Um, But yeah, it's really uncertain. I I love that intro. I, I sometimes would just like sit and let the intro play for two minutes, three minutes when I was a kid. That was my feeling of how, of that game for the first time. And I'm older than uh, than you are, but I like we would like just have that attract mode on, just have like that that title screen and have that theme playing. It was actually years later when I heard uh, a Blood, Sweat, and Tears album that covers the uh, uh, variations on a theme by Eric Satie, <laughs> which is a song that that is very close to like clearly Koji Kondo had this in his head when he composed this, um, but it. it it evokes the same sort of mood. What a great reference you just brought up. I actually did not think about that when I was listening to this, but you're totally right. Yeah, Sati, yeah, it has that to it. There's also like a Debussy Ravel feeling to a lot of mm. his pieces. This whole, that whole chord, he's he's really into straight up extensions. And I love that. I don't know. I mean, I feel like as much as I love Mega Man or Shovel Knight or Ninja Gaiden or Sonic or so many great freaking video game songs out there, uh, I do love extended harmony, I think, because of my jazz background uh and so when you have like 13ths and 7ths which which is basically just adding layers to a cake like oh uh, yes. strawberry vanilla love it i'm like well what if you had chocolate and banana on top i like that extra variety on top of my quote unquote harmonic cake uh right i don't know how i'm saying this with a straight face because that's a hilarious sentence <laughs> my <laughs> harmonic cake but uh yeah i do i do love that and also i love the chromaticism i love that so beautiful man yeah it's one of my favorite ones you guys have picked a lot that i had to nix it's like oh i only get three so thank you for picking some of my favorites well let's make sure you get to at, at least get to the uh get to your third here because we're, we're we're coming up against the time the clock okay, great. but uh, what, what's what was your third my pick? third one i think is a bit unusual because there's so many great pieces from ocarina of time and it was between mm-hmm. this and the main theme heather that you, you just chose i love song of storms <laughs> Uh, I picked the same one. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. It's that change right there that does it for me. Nice. Yeah, okay, I get that. That makes sense. Yeah, going back to the the actual minor key. I just love this melody. And so I was messing around on stream when I was analyzing this, 
And I was like, this could straight up be a jazz song. This all like... Anyway, that movement that you like, the B-flat major to the A-dominant 7, that leads us back to the D minor in a very... Mm. Uh, it's like a... Not classical, I don't know. It's it's a it's a slightly uncommon cadence to get us back to one, but you hear it a lot in like soulful rock music, like this. You also hear oh, sure, it sometimes yeah. in like French music. But anyway, I love that progression. But my, my main thing is the melody. And I normally like majestic, lush songs like the Ocarina of Time opening or Fairy Fountain. Uh, they're, mm-hmm. you know, I love Song of Healing. I love a lot of them. But... Uh, this one, the melody is just too good. The whole like, uh, it, I mean, it gives me a little bit of, like Willy Wonka in pure imagination. It has that that kind of vibe. Um, there's not much for me to say on this other than I love that melody so much. There is there is one thing that I was gonna do as a joke here, but I guess I'll do it. Which is if you're <laughs> if you're like me and you play sax, you sing piano, whatever, I would recommend you use two scales if you want to solo over this song. Because I oftentimes do that. I'll, I'll loop a jazz or a, um, a music piece from a video game and I'll just improvise over it. Mm-hmm. And what you do is you'd start with Dorian in the beginning. So that's the Dorian mode. And then when it comes to that favorite part, the Nick has, you do, you do harmonic minor. So you go between D, Dorian, D, harmonic minor. Go have fun, kids. Enjoy improvising over this. <laughs> <laughs> can, can, can we just uh, step back for a second? And I, I just want to, uh, you know, in case in case anyone is um, a, a little unclear on, on some of the terms you're using, and, and maybe we could have done, maybe I should have uh, done this earlier. But the like, like when you're talking about different modes, you're basically talking about a sequence of notes, right? Correct. And you can you're you're playing from within. You, this is like kind of your pool of notes, and you can pick from them. Correct. And that's generally like an eight note sequence out of the twelve possible notes. Yeah, you'll do generally seven unique pitches, but the octave makes it eight. You know, the same note up an octave exactly. And the analogy I use sometimes for modes is this. So literally it's seven notes played in an order. That would be the Dorian mode. Whereas this, that's the Lydian mode. That's our major scale, our Ionian mode. But the analogy I like to use is they're all coming from the same uh, set of notes. So like Mm. if I'm in C major, I have seven modes available to me because there are seven notes in C major. So I can start on the first note and I'm in C major. But if I start on the second note of C major, now I'm in D Dorian. Same notes, exact same notes, just with a different context. And so anyway, the, the the point here is the analogy I use is it's like saying a line in a scene. You're acting and your line mm. might be, I'm so thirsty. Well, if you say I'm so thirsty and the green screen behind you turns into like dead, you know, like vultures, like eating dead animals and your parched and your face is red. Well, I'm so thirsty is a very scary thing, you know? That's this scale played over this chord. Sounds kind of like a different mm, feeling. Yeah, sure. But what if the I'm so thirsty was like uh, you have jugs of water around you and you're not thirsty and it's some weird joke. That's not a good joke. That's why you guys are funny and I'm not. But, you know, if you go <laughs> over this, same notes, they feel so different. So a mode is just like a point of relativity. So mm. same seven notes, but with a different relative place. Um, that's what a mode is. And... What happens here is they uh, 
they're they're jumping between different modes and it just yeah it's a different it's uh, you know one one more way of putting it sorry if i'm going too far on this but no way you know you can you can say i love you with words or you can say it by giving someone roses these are different modes of communication different love languages if you will uh sure. same sentiment so that's what a mode is you you take those seven notes and you give it a different uh foundation essentially uh, what one one real quick thing uh, on this this piece and 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 part of the reason it was on my list is the, is in addition to it being like a great like just melody like you were saying it's also a good piece of scoring and contextually in the game because you're encountering that uh you know at uh, at the windmill yeah and it, it it is it has like a very mechanical repetitive uh perpetual motion sort of feel to it yeah for sure and uh, and so it, it it it's 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 really evocative in that moment um. Heather, do you have a, a a dog take on this piece? Um, can you play it again just yeah, a little yeah, sure. bit? Yep, yep. This is if you give my dog too many scratches, she'll be on her back and she just does this with her paws. And then she doesn't she'd make a face where her mouth is open. Like she'll just bat the air with her and she'll go. <laughs> so that's the that's the sound that's happening here. That's fantastic. Yep. I love it. She becomes scratch crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Zane, did you have any, uh, did you have maybe a a near miss or or a last minute cut you wanted to play as well? There was. It's tricky though, because it's kind of long, but I could, I thought maybe it would be interesting to talk about the Tears of the Kingdom final trailer, because a lot of us who watched that were like, oh, fucking, yeah, let's go for it. I'm like so excited about this game now. And there are a couple elements in here. Um, So that's the Dorian mode, by the way, but that opening is just sort of open-ended. But long story short, there are a lot of film score tricks in this. Going to the four chord, not the one chord. We're not resolved yet. It's right away your middle story. It's like starting a story halfway through. Um, and then now it changes keys right when it says Zelda. So that's like an exciting way to, to burst that, to make people excited about what they're looking at. To do an immediate key change with no warning. Um, so that happens. I'm going to fast forward a bit because this is a bit of a long piece, but this minor thing is huge. Oh, oh. And this melody. Major 7, which happens in the orc things in, uh, in Lord of the Rings. Really dark, tense, because you're playing notes that aren't in the chord you're playing. Mm. I love that. And then uh, a lot of chromaticism is leading up. That is so freaking sick, dude. That break, and there's no <laughs> reverb in this. Um, so all this build is amazing, and then it doesn't resolve. It so, goes, and you think it's gonna go there, but it doesn't. It just stops. So that's great. And then the part that I think this is great, building up, building up. The part everyone talks about though is right here. This. Hey. And the melody's back. That. That happens in so many movies where you go to the the secondary dominant, like five of five, seven, whatever. Um, yeah. Ooh, and then, fun Easter egg. Someone in my Twitch chat told me this. I, I wasn't listening. I wasn't paying attention. It ends with Zelda's lullaby. Right here. She talks. Oh, wow. Right here. This is Zelda's lullaby from Ocarina. Wow. So it ends with that. Um, but yeah, that dude, when when the freaking bum bum da 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 da
that whole thing is like that is straight up what Howard Shore would have done or even Hans Zimmer. Um, and uh, that's a common device, I think, when you're rearranging a song. Um, thinking of voicings like this. All these like inversions, just a slight inversion will make it uh, lift and open up so much. So yeah, th- this sounds like a feature film composition to me. And there were so many Easter eggs uh, referencing the past game. So part of the reason this this trailer got me hyped up it was amazing to see the gameplay but it was, it was just music for me uh for me it was just like and i think that's all uh, those are all those are all great points and and great analysis uh but i like like to me the one thing was just like the wailing sax hmm. like just like just like busting out like fucking clarence from the east street band just fucking wailing over this this symphony orchestra to me it was just like like let's go yeah i love that yeah yeah. So yeah, that was my bonus one just because I'm so excited about the game coming out this Friday. Hell yeah. It's coming out. I cannot yeah. wait. It's I haven't watched any of the trailers. Ooh. It, isn't that a fucking mm. like I can't That's believe a miracle. I, I've pulled that off. <laughs> Did you do that? That that those that must have been purposeful. You're trying to stay in the dark. I was busy. And <laughs> mm. uh also I didn't when whenever I would see one, I'd be like, oh, I gotta watch this later. And then I wouldn't watch it. So I've managed to make it all the way to the release week without having seen a single fucking trailer for this game. Wow. Yeah. Well, we'll all find out what it's all about on this Friday. And hey, maybe it sucks. (laughs) That would sure be be a surprise. Uh, If it was bad and we dedicated a whole month to it, I'd be so mad. (laughs) It'd be funny, though. Fucking whiffed on this. Yeah. This is like uh, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> he talks now? He talks now. Yeah. He talks. Hey, I'm awake. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> My urine meter is full. Find a bathroom. It's like, what? Why did they add Hail this? to the king, baby. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. God, Duke Nukem. <laughs> I gotta take a piss. <laughs> Uh, Zane, uh, uh, appreciate all this so much. Are, is there any other closing thoughts on the the music side of things before we uh, we move on to some questions? You know, I don't. I think the the only thing I could think of is Koji Kondo. It's like incredible to have a string of games that are this iconic um, musically. Because yeah, I mean, he did Zelda One, Link to the Past, Link's Awakening, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, like. That's cr- that's crazy. That, I mean, there are like ten to fifteen incredible pieces on each game, in my opinion. Um, so I'm just really in awe of, of his skills. That's that's a true composer right there, and it's just beautiful work. That that yeah, that's a great point, and also just like the progression of technology that he's worked, you know, as the medium has evolved. Right. It's kind and of by the way, not to amazing. take away the other two composers that I was researching, Akito Nakatsuka and Hajime Wakai. I hope I'm pronouncing mm-hmm. those right. But uh, Wakai did Breath of the Wild, which is incredible as well. Kind of gave yeah, me like Peter McConnell vibes. He did Psychonauts, Psychonauts mm-hmm. 2. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then that piece you chose from Zelda 2 is a freaking incredible piece. But uh, yeah, it's it's really wild that Nintendo's able to do this. I mean, between Mario and Zelda, for every game to be this amazing, and then the music is also as amazing. Yeah, props to the composers. Uh, since you mentioned the... Uh, uh, 
Peter McConnell. Did you play any of uh, uh, Return to Monkey Island? Not yet. I played Day of the Tentacle, the where you can go between in the remaster, between the new visuals and old. But I got to get into Monkey Island. Uh, the the Return to Monkey Island it's it's a new game. It's kind of wrapping up the series, but it's um uh, Peter McConnell uh, came back to do the score along with Michael Land and um uh, Clint Bajakian. So they've all worked on the franchise, and it's it's some pretty great music. I'll be getting that. Uh, all right, let's uh let's uh Matt, it's time for the question block. All right, this first one is from Sean Taylor, uh, from our hi from Sean Discord. Hi, hi Sean. Uh, what's your hi, favorite gibberish based language in video games? I really like Banjo Kazooie. I feel like they did it really well. I feel like the the just you know, and then it, there's also there's one character in Banjo Kazooie who it's fucking gross, but it kind of works. Who talks through gibberish burps. <laughs> um it's just fucking nasty but i i i i, I don't know I, th- I think that that particular gibberish kind of really appeals to me you know what? also I'll, uh, one more i'll shout out another nintendo franchise i think the the uh the punch out character bu- uh boxes between rounds that's some pretty good gibberish i was thinking about this and uh obviously i love the the speech in animal crossing Mm. yeah that's really it's good. really good um, but i recently saw a video of um it came across my tiktok um it, it was of Katy perry recording one of her songs in simlish for a um <laughs> for, <laughs> for a sims wow uh, uh for a sims game i'm not sure which one um but i have it here and uh let me play it for you guys because it's it's crazy. It's like Vin Diesel doing I'm Groot. Like, he shouldn't have to do it. Like, it, it, it's dumb that it's, like, a f- famous person, but, like, she came in and did it. But it's a Froobie, nope. 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 This is Last Friday Night by Katy Perry. This is letting her. The money from this is letting her pay her mortgage on the convent she yeah, bought. Yeah, she kicked the nuns out of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. From, yeah. And allowing her to uh, support uh, Rick Caruso. Um, <laughs> Look, just because I think it's cool she did this doesn't Bizarre. mean she doesn't suck. Um, but, uh, <laughs> no, it's it's. I I think that's cool. I think it's cool as hell. It's just like that's that's fucking. Bizarre. It's very strange. And my new prank that I want to do is um, replace uh, someone's real version with it with that and uh, make them think they're going insane. Have <laughs> <laughs> their favorite gibberish in games? I mean, Animal Crossing. I don't yeah. I like I can't even think of one that isn't Animal Crossing. Anytime I'm like, uh, maybe it, no, I'm just thinking of Animal Crossing. It's got a great, <laughs> a great sound for a gibberish. When Blathers gets going. Oh, don't get me started. Can't get enough. <laughs> it's great work. Zane, any any favorite gibberish from a video game character? Man, the only one I could have thought of was the Simlish, even though I don't like it. I just like, oh yeah, I've yeah. heard of that one. But when you said Banjo Kazooie, I thought, oh man, that would have been my choice. Yeah, because Grendel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good Lord. <laughs> I guess there's also the the original Star Fox guys. Oh my like, god! A, yeah, you know, like good luck. That's such a good one. Oh, that's a great choice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
let's go let's go on to the next question um this one's from comrade lou hey y'all every hi lou Every time a game has a character creator, I always spend a ludicrous amount of time tweaking and adjusting my character until I'm happy, but always blank on what name to give them. What are your go-to naming conventions? Your own name, something funny, or does it depend on the game? Hmm. Good question. If it's not important to the story, I'll do my own name, right? Like if it's like, if I'm playing Pokemon or something, that's that's me all the time, right? That's I'm in it. I'm doing that. But if it's something like, you know, Zelda or something, it's gonna be Link. Like I have to make my save. I'm always Link. I have Zelda. to put mm. my save file as Link. I'm not having. Oh, interesting. I can't do it. Um, or like even in um, I think in Dragon Quest Eleven, I did put Matt because they don't vocalize the name, but then he doesn't have a canonical name anyway. I think I think it's just hero, uh, right. but I wish I would have just kept that because that Matt doesn't feel right. My name Matt is too um, modern of a name for that vibe. You know what I mean? Maybe that's why yeah. I always do Zane because mm-hmm. Link's always been Zane. I'm like it kind of sounds like some weird elvish eared person. <laughs> <laughs> it's not entirely out of place, sure. Right. <laughs> Do you, do you go with Zane if you're naming a character in a I game? I do, but it's changed as I've gotten older. Because as a kid, it was mm. like really fun to put Zane instead of Ness. Like, I'm Zane, it's, I'm in the game. Yeah, right. But as I get older, I do like transporting to a different place. And so it is fun to see some some weird name. But yeah, my most recent... Uh, well, I guess those were old saves because I'm going through my old old games. Ocarina of Time, Link to the Past, and a Link's Awakening DX were all Zane. Yeah, I think I mostly put my name in. I know I mostly do I mostly do like like try to stick to whatever if there's a default name I don't change it yes um I think I may have talked before on the podcast like you know because you can you can rename characters in uh some of the Final Fantasies some of the Super Nintendo Final Fantasies and I had a friend at school who like renamed all of his Final Fantasy 2 slash 4 uh party members and so he was just always like, uh, you know, like I'd, I'd be asked, I'd be talking about Cecil and he'd be like, oh, you mean Gary? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but I like, like I will go, if I'm going to use my own name, I'll do like Nick or more commonly Wags. Mm-hmm. Cause I kind of feel like that's kind of my nickname. And I feel like that just usually feels a little bit more video gamey and persona five Royal. Like you have to have a first and a last name. And I was like, I'm not going to put Nick Weiger in here. That feels weird. So I was, I was Nicola Wags. Uh, I modified my first name after Nikola Jokic of the uh, Denver Nuggets. Um, but the, uh, uh, but yeah, I typically I think Wags is my go-to. Although I'll say, if I'm playing a game like a you know like a like a Diablo game, I'll just fucking use that name randomizer and commit to something. I do that too. I'll roll that a few times and just just have that be my character that I'm going to play for forty hours. Yeah, roll it until you get one that you're like, I like that. That sounds good. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. I'll do the same. What about I, you, Heather? I like both uh, doing the the game dependent. You know, always name Link, Link. Can't name Link anything mm-hmm. else. Um, but recently I've gotten in the habit of sort of... One of my favorite things about Gundam is that the names are not quite names that you recognize, but mm-hmm. sound vaguely English. So I like naming like a couple letters off of a name that could be a, a name. So like, you know, 
you would name your persona character Grant's Prebs. And it's like, that almost sounds like a, almost sounds like a name, you know? Is that the RNC chairman? It's, it's, <laughs> you'd name, you, like, you'd name, I don't know, it's hard to improvise these, but like, uh, Chut Shuzz. <laughs> wow. Do, like, do, you, do we, I'm sorry. Huh? What? Well, I was wondering if we have anyone that names their Pokemon something different. Matt, you don't do that, do you? I'm not he a Pokemon all, renamer. No, I don't. He names I don't do all it. his Pokemon, Matt. Every yeah. Pokemon, every Pokemon. <laughs> every single one. Yeah, no, every single name in the game is Matt, and it, it becomes very confusing at a certain point. I just wonder who does that because the fans of the game want to know that they have a Flareon or a Sylveon. So if you just call it Gary, like you said, funny. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, some people do do it. I'd like to meet them. I mean, the, the option They're is there. there. They they, they I'm go for debate it. Them. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. No, that's great. I like yeah. That. Yeah, why did you call your Jigglypuff Fluffy? What's the matter <laughs> yeah. with you? Shikol Stregs. This next one's from Quinn Quattro. Hi, Quinn. What's up, Quinn? What have y'all been interested in food-wise lately? We hear so much about the games, TV shows, and other content y'all consume, but never anything about what you eat. I'm so glad to have a place to talk about food on a podcast. Uh, I, you know, I've gotten really into just like a full breakfast. I found that just like I make myself, I just, I'll, I'll, I'll get up usually first thing. I will go for a, just a, just a 20 minute walk in the neighborhood with a cup of coffee and, um, you know, just kind of like get some sunlight first thing. I've read a lot about like the benefits of like, like early exposure to sunlight, just in terms of maintaining your, uh, you know, your, your sleep cycle. And then after that, I'll like, I'll, I'll, you know, like three scrambled eggs, um, some salad greens. Maybe if I've got like, so, you know, some nice bread, I'll have a piece of toast. Maybe I'll have a scoop of cottage cheese. Or maybe, you know, if I've got some berries, berries are in season, maybe instead of the salad greens, I'll have some strawberries. But yeah, just like a big full plate of breakfast, just like, like feed myself, uh, feed myself like I'm going to go, you know, uh, 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 like, like work a blue collar job for a little bit or something. It's, it's just, uh, I, I find that so satisfying and it's so like making breakfast a treat and having just like a modicum of effort involved in order to, to, to fuel myself for my day, like just starts me off on such a great note as opposed to having like, you know, I'm just kind of like a sad bowl of oatmeal or like some yogurt in a, in a, in a mm-hmm. cup. Like it's just like, I'll put a little bit of work into this, uh, and I'll start my day off with something tasty. I'm in a, a I'm in a, um, I had birria for the first time a, a couple months ago. Oh, I never yeah. had it. I didn't grow up eating it. Um, and was this a was this goat or beef? It was goat. And hell yeah, I think I texted you this. I never had I never had goat before. Mm-hmm. And everywhere else in the world, it's like the number one meat, right? It's so good. <laughs> Very good. It's meat. great meat. I think it should be number one here too. I think, but you know, we'd ruin it and then there'd be no more um, based on how we do things here. Um, but it. Trying to think of what Jack in the Box would do with goat as a protein. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> a goat euro or something. Like, honestly, you know what? Sign me up. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the thing about it is, it is never not far from my mind now. I had never, I had never had it before. Yeah. Now it's like I think that's one of my favorite foods. It's huh. so good. Um, and now any chance I can get to have it, if like a place has it and I don't order it, 
I fucked up because it's like, okay, well, like they have it. It's it's my number one. I got to get it. There's a birria truck that parks at the end of my block mm-hmm. uh, where my apartment is like, a, you know, four days a week. And I just like, I like, I cannot go here. I just have to stay <laughs> away from this part of town. Yeah. If you know it's there, yeah, it's but I've like, the, yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's so, so good. If you, if you get a good execution. Yeah. Of it. Nonstop Japanese food for the last two weeks. Uh, and then I came here and I have not stopped having Japanese food. We've been cooking udon <laughs> at the house. We've been making ramen from scratch. We've been eating onigiri nonstop Japanese food. It's been great. Wow. Uh, can I can I just say follow up on that real quick, which is that and this is uh, uh, this uh, Matt, you're involved in this when we're recording in studio, which Matt, if I've been uh, and I have been doing for the most part, yeah. we were not doing that today. Uh, but we usually have a pre-show meal where we go to Sprouts, the the nearby grocery store. And usually get their prepackaged sushi. And you know what? For grocery store sushi, could do a lot it's worse. It's the best of the best, good. I think, in that yeah. in that field. Yeah, Un, unimpeachable. It's always great. Do they have Heather? Do they have in in, in like a konbini and in in, in Japan? Do they have like just prepackaged sushi that you can get? Yeah, they have prepackaged bento boxes, uh, and the shit is all like fucking high grade. The mm. best. Wow. Like. Mary and I were lamenting how we can't just go to a 7-Eleven or a Family Mart, Family Mart gang, rise up, uh, and get delicious, instant delicious food, Mm -hmm. which I know is Mm. like a trope of TikTok. It's like, oh, here's what I ate at 7-Eleven today. But the, the reason it's a trope is that you can fucking go to a Family Mart or a 7-Eleven and get one of the best sandwiches of your life. Right away. You can get a bento right, box buddy. with like a fucking eel and and rice and soup. Like incredible. Great. Yeah, and those sushi places to the on the conveyor belt or whatever that's called. Hmm. <clears throat> that's some of the best sushi I've ever had in my life. That's yep. like, that's yeah, it's incredible. Fuck. Wow. Fuck. Uh, uh Zane, any any food you've been having oh, lately? Yes. Yeah, I was hoping I could avoid it because it's so boring for me right now. I'm doing this dumb, vain eating healthy crap. I don't know why I'm doing it. I'm trying to be healthy or something. Maybe because you look like a million. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, I'm trying. I was like, man, I had a moment a year ago where I was like, I'm going to get into shape because I, my whole life I've been on tour and you just sleep in a tour bus for 17 yeah. hours or whatever a day. And so I would, you know, wear clothing that looked uh, form fitting, but I wasn't in shape. My heart was not healthy and I was not lifting weights or any of that stuff. And my doctor I, like, had hurt my back. He's like, you really got to move. You got to. So I started really slowly. And then maybe like eight months ago, I was like, oh, I'm going to start lifting heavy weights. Oh, I'm doing it four to six days a week. Oh God, I'm really tired. I need to eat more protein. Oh. So suddenly I'm doing this whole like egg whites in the morning with salmon and avocado sure. and you know putting some uh, Cholula on it. So it tastes good, but I'm not adding this sort of sodium. Or, yeah, I'm, I'm really into the, the boring health stuff right now. I got to come back to, to center. Although for my birthday, my mom did something really cute because it was the arcade and the Halo 2 land party and all that stuff. And uh, she bought me like, or the whole party, like Sour Patch straws and crybaby Hell gum yes. and airhead, like sour ropes. And so I went, I went ham on that night. But, Hell yeah, uh, you got it. Yeah. I'm learning a lot about eating the healthier because I, in my life, like when I was on tour, I thought, oh yeah, sandwiches are healthy, but it turns out they're sometimes not. Like, 
I didn't know about vegetables and all that. So trying to, <laughs> trying to learn how to make that delicious. <laughs> Uh, the, I, here's the thing about vegetables. I think the reason so many people dislike them is because I feel like in a lot of, at least in a lot of American households, a lot of white American households, they were prepared with like no seasoning and like just like steamed or boiled. And it's just like, look, you take some Brussels sprouts, you toss them in some olive oil, you you put some, some salt and garlic and and pepper on it. Uh, and you, you fucking roast it. Right. Uh, then that'll have some real flavor and some real texture to it. I, so. Yeah, my mom, even in New York, because she's been so supportive, she's so sweet. I was like, yeah, I'm exercising. And she'll say to my friends, like, or her friends, like, look, Zane has muscles. It's crazy. I'm like, all right, what did I have before? All right, hold on. But she's like, it's weird. It's crazy. I've never seen it like this. But in New York, she's like, let's throw some asparagus in there. And she did what you said. Olive oil, a little bit of spices. It's like, well, I can just do this in eight minutes. What, add to my egg whites? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to start doing that. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. Get some baking. Although I still like watching a Lakers game and playing Octopath Travel and having a beer. I mean, that's a nice well, moment. yeah. Video oh. games and beer, I do like. Or video games and like oh, yeah. something unhealthy, pizza or soda. I still like that. Hell yeah. That's what that's what life is all about. Mm-hmm. And hey, that's this week's Get Played. Links to our social media are in the episode description. Our engineering is by Alex Gonzalez, Dead Air Alex G on Twitter and Instagram. Also, we got our paywalled show Get Animated, where we are wrapping up Blue Lock. Yeah, it's the final two episodes of Blue Lock, an anime that we have loved heart and soul all the way through. It's a soccer anime that is also a sports anime that's also a fighting anime. Good times for the great taste of McDonald's. (laughs) Uh, That's on Stitcher Premium, uh, or you can get it day and date uh, of release at patreon.com slash get played. Zane Carney, what a delight to have you here. Thank you for giving us so much of your time and lending us your brain and your talents. Uh, Anything you would like to plug at this time? I I think this week that the podcast comes out, I think on Wednesday and Thursday at 4 p.m. PST, I'll be doing uh, a music theory of songs we didn't get to. So I thought that would be oh, fun. Oh, that's cool. that, who had I had like 10 other songs that I'm nerding out on. So maybe <laughs> I'll see you guys on, on twitch.tv slash Zane Carney. And I'm sure the VOD will stay up. So maybe you'll see it later. But thank you so much for having me. I love doing this. Really appreciate it. We love having you. That was an absolute delight. Yeah. Um, which makes it so painful to tell you that you oh, got played. <laughs> oh, no, Nick. Wow. Gotti. You can't do that. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs>